Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Angel the Stranger, and welcome to my podcast, The Stranger Sessions. Um, oh yeah, I was supposed to do that fancy thing where I tell you guys what I'm going to be talking about today. So, today I'm going to be talking about the waiting seasons in our life. Um, just going to be talking a little bit about, well, first of all, I'm doing chapter, uh, she doesn't do numbers, whatever. I'm doing the waiting um, chapters in Sadie Robertson's book today, uh, the book called Live by Sadie Robertson, um, and then I may be just talking a little bit about what I'm waiting for and how we can survive those waiting seasons, or actually how we should be, like, thriving and working hard in those waiting seasons rather just, like, sitting around and complaining, you know? Alright, so if that is interesting to you, stick around. Okay, I don't know if you guys can tell or not, but I'm in a very nice place to record. As you can tell, there's like no echoing. It's really, um, I always forget what the word is, like noise canceling. <laughs> no, come on, it's like noise. I don't know. You know how people treat, treat the rooms so that wouldn't be... Yeah, that. So, if you guys want to know where I'm recording, I guess I'll just tell you. (laughs) I'm currently in the family car because, guess what? Works good. And I don't want to try doing it in the sauna again because, I don't know, the dogs are going to go bark again and that's going to make me mad. (laughs) Um, And inside... My dad is on a Zoom meeting with the rest of his coworkers because that happens daily at our house. Um, and my mom had mentioned to me, be like, hey, go do it in the car. And I was like, hmm. The only thing is that the sun is, like, shining right on me. And it's going to be a hot, hot recording session thing. So, um, today is episode one of season four. If you didn't know that, I launched season four in the last episode, so this is episode one, um, and I'm, I, I would say I'm excited, but I'm actually not really that excited about season four. I'm just excited that it's year number two of me already doing this, and that this, the audio quality in this episode is gonna be, like, really good, hopefully. (laughs) Okay. So, let's get right into it. Um, just going to be talking about waiting today. So, uh, we're just going to start off. Again, I'm going through Sadie Robertson's book called Live. This is the series we're doing um, here on my podcast. And the chapter we're going to be going to... We're actually going to be doing two chapters today. Uh, the two waiting chapters. And so, they're called Don't Waste the Waiting, Part 1 and 2. Um, they're not that long, and I'm not planning to read every single part of it out loud, so don't worry. Um, but I do want to bring up, I do want to read this first part and just talk about it a little bit, so I'm going to start. One day I was sitting in a coffee shop, minding my own business, talking with my best friend, and enjoying a coconut latte, my favorite in the world. Usually when I'm reading these, I get rid of details like that. If you want to read those kind of details, then buy her book. It's really good. I do recommend it. Um... A guy who looked to be in his 20s came up to our table and wanted to talk to me. This happens fairly often because people know me from my family's television show, Duck Dynasty. They follow me on social media or they've 
seen me speak somewhere, so I'm pretty used to it. But I never know what people are going to say, and sometimes their questions and comments are pretty interesting. He said he wanted to ask me something, but he did not want me to give him the same answer his pastors and friends have given him. No pressure, right? All I could do my, was my best, and I was curious to find out what he wanted to talk about. He opened up to us. I'm super frustrated with God, he said. I grew up in a Christian family, and I did everything right. I followed all the rules, and I did my best to walk with God, but my brothers and sisters didn't. They did whatever they wanted to, and they didn't even try to follow the rules. Then they were accepted at the colleges where they wanted to go, and now they have the jobs they always wished for. They are thriving, and I am not. I didn't get into the college I wanted to go to. I don't have the job I want. Every time I ask someone why these things have turned out this way for me, they say, you are just in a se uh, season of waiting. I could tell he was growing more frustrated simply talking about his situation. What does that mean? He said, uh, he asked. A season of waiting. Um, so she, then she continues to say, it's something I've thought a lot about since this conversation, but let's first address the words he spoke prior to his final question. He was not simply frustrated with the fact that he was having to wait. He was angry that everyone else seemed to be getting what he believed he deserved. Do you ever feel this way? In, a, in today's world where we know everybody's business, how easy it is for us to see what our friends are doing or receiving and think, why am I over here having to wait? Why don't I have the dream job or my soulmate or the chance to travel the world? Or maybe it's even as simple as this. Why can't I afford those new shoes everyone is wearing? I thought that might be a problem. The school bus just drove by if you're wondering what that was. Um, anybody spot the green-eyed monster? The killer duo, Comparison and Jealousy, rears its ugly head in the asking of these questions. So... Not only is this was the guy in this story like frustrated about the fact that he's been waiting, but also he's frustrated that people his like brothers and sisters who did not work as hard to be like a good person or like to follow the rules or to follow God's will, like they got what he wanted. And then so he's comparing himself to them and jealousy begins to happen and um i'm usually pretty genuine on this podcast so i don't see why i couldn't tell you this but uh that kind of happened me too that happened to me as well so um i was gonna go over this anyway but let's say you're waiting for something it could be a future spouse it could be uh depending on how old you are it could be to even be getting into high school to be graduated to be getting in a job, uh, just waiting for life to start, you know, as a kid, uh, all you ever know as a child is a child's life, and as you get closer to being an adult, the more, I feel like most of us, at least me, like, reach for it, like, we hurry it, we really want to, like, get to it faster, or, like, quicker, um, and so, there's something about that, like, for instance, I'm waiting, like, I want, if you guys don't know this, I do want to get married, not at, right now, because I'm only 17, so no, eventually I would like to get married, um, and I really want what's best, like, I want God to provide for me the best guy that I could have, right, like, that's who, who really, thinks about who they want to marry and they are like I want 
a really crappy wife or a really crappy husband. Like, I don't think most of us do that. Um, we're usually like, no, I really want them to be handsome or beautiful. I want them to be patient and kind and loving. And I want somebody who's a whole bunch of fun and that I can just, like, be best friends with. Like, that's what we always think about. We want someone content and joyful and who never wants me to be different than the way I am. But then we don't, like, realize that maybe we're waiting for a spouse or, like, even just a relationship because we're not ready. We're thinking all these things about someone else. Like, I want you to be joyful, content, patient, kind, uh, with a servant's heart. Like, I don't want you to be selfish. I want you just to, like, be satisfied with the person that I am. But we don't think, at least I don't feel like a lot of people realize that you gotta switch that back. So, like, write down everything you want in a future spouse. And then, or, and then just, like, switch that back on yourself and realize that I'm not joyful a lot of the time. I'm not content. I want everything. Like, you know, like, I'm not much of a servant. I'm not very kind. Like, just switch that back on yourself and realize that maybe you don't have anyone in your life because God knows you're not ready. You are not the person yet that your future spouse is praying for. And so you must wait and you must grow and you must work hard on yourself. Although you can't change yourself. Just remember, you can't change yourself. You gotta, God has to, God is the one. So, uh, like, just to realize that maybe we're waiting because we're really not ready. We think we're ready, but maybe we're really not because you don't know what you don't know. You can't know that. Let me, like, for instance, you don't know that I, uh, gotta choose something. Why have I never told you guys about myself? Uh, choose something new, choose something new. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've told you guys this, but I'm grumpy in the morning. I don't like even looking at people in the morning. <laughs> but that's not really that important. I'm just saying that if I had not told you that, you wouldn't have known that. You might have guessed it. You might have thought differently. But you just wouldn't have even thought to think about that. Because it doesn't matter to you. But you didn't know it, right? Maybe you did. But I'm just... Just play along here with me. <laughs> As an example, you didn't know it. So we don't know what we don't know. So that means that if we want what's best for us in our lives, and if we're nice enough to want what's best for our future spouse, I'm just using the spouse as an example because I feel like people can relate to it. I This could also... The waiting season could be about a job or just to finish school or get into college or just honestly anything waiting for someone to heal of a like a disease or something like my mom was really sick a couple of years ago like she was uh told that the condition she had was un untreatable or it just couldn't be he it couldn't be healed like not that it was fatal or anything but she was really sick and she was at the point where she couldn't live life to the fullest she couldn't 
enjoy life. She couldn't be thriving. She was just sick. She had to be in bed. She couldn't care for us the way that she wanted wanted to take care of her children. Um, but, praise the Lord, she was able to find a way to naturally heal the condition that she had. Well, it's not a condition. It's called an autoimmune disease. So that's what she had. Um, and the doctors told her that it was uncurable, that they couldn't do anything for her here. Uh, here's some, like, pills that you can take daily. That's all you can do. And she was like, I don't think so. So then she healed herself, but that's a whole entire different story. But what I'm saying is that maybe it's the, that waiting season where you have to wait on the Lord and see what he will do. Um, see what kind of things he will teach you in that time. Um, I honestly think that the waiting seasons are the most important seasons of our life because that's when we grow. That's when we change. That's when we decide how we are going to live our days. Um, I had a quote that I read earlier. I don't remember it exactly, but it said, we are what we do. Excellence is then not an act, but a habit. Because really, our lives are really made up of the days that we live, the minutes that we live. And we, as a person, are made up of the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we think, the things that we like, you know. And waiting is a big, big part of life. So what are you going to do in those waiting moments, those waiting days, weeks, years? What are you going to do with those? Are you just going to waste them away sitting on the couch, binge-watching TV or complaining, being sick, being in a depression like I was? Like, I don't... Like, I definitely think God used those months that I was in depression for a great work. He used that to show me that a lot of things that I've talked about, but that was an important part of my teenage years, you know, and I don't know if I would say that I did kind of waste those away, just being in a depression, doing nothing. It was kind of just a cucumber with a sad face. Um, but that just affected me in a good way that I was able to get out of that. And I was able to see how, how it felt. First of all, it was real. Um, and it was able to grow me up that way. And so that waiting season, it was hard and I reacted wrong, but God still used it for his good. And it probably would have been more beneficial if I had used those weeks to do something different. I don't know. I don't know really how I could have done that differently. I think I should have done things differently in the first place before I got into depression, but that doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter, but that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, there's just, waiting seasons are very important, and we tend to just waste them away waiting. You can do a lot in those seasons. Those are the times, the opportunities where you can get into ministry. You can start serving. You can change yourself no don't change yourself ask god to help you change but obviously you have to put effort to, effort into being different as well like you can put time into learning something new you could 
use that as an educational time. You can be working towards something in those waiting seasons. So, like, here's an example. I want to graduate. I'm planning to graduate and working towards graduating next year. If I would say that's like a waiting season, a waiting to graduate. Now, if I just sat on the couch and watched TV thinking about oh, how I wish I could graduate, do you think I would graduate? Mm -mm. I wouldn't because I'm not working towards it. So the longer that I sit on the couch, watch TV, and think about how I wish I could graduate, the longer it's going to take for me to graduate. So instead of sitting there on the couch, that's just a figure, like a figure of speech, like maybe in life you're just sitting on the couch. Not actually sitting on the couch, but just in life. Get what I'm saying? Um, you gotta work towards it. And maybe this doesn't apply to everything. Sometimes maybe we do just have to sit on the couch. But for this instance, I need to do school daily and work hard and get things done on time so that I can graduate next year. Um, so yeah, that's a bunch of stuff that I decided to say. <laughs> okay, moving on to the next part. Uh, ow, 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 my ankle. Now, which part should I read now? Okay, here we go. What an important reminder. When you are a child of God, you live in his house. He's with you always, even in the waiting. She talks about the prodigal son and how in the end, uh, the older brother was angry because the father... I'll just read it to you. How about that? Do you remember the prodigal son story we talked about earlier? Well, there is even more to the story. After the son returns from his wild living, the father throws him this amazing party, but his older brother is having none of it. Luke fifteen twenty eight through 32 says this, The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father says, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And then she goes on to say, what an important reminder. When you are a child of God, you live in his house. He is with you always, even in the waiting. The guy in the coffee shop had said he didn't want to be told he was in a season of waiting, but unfortunately, I didn't have any other answer. All those other people were right. He was having to wait. Being a child of God and doing everything right doesn't stop us from having to wait on things during this lifetime. There are lessons in the waiting and life to be lived. Uh, I just really want to add to that. Like, a lot of times, maybe we think that we're doing good. We're obeying and we're being a child of God, and so why aren't we getting what we want? And so then God has to teach us that we need to trust in his timing and his will. Because a lot of the times the things that we think are best, or at least good, are not his best. And we could really, like, mess things up with it, right? So, I have a couple examples, but you've already heard them all, so you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, 
you may have been there before. I definitely have. I think we all have. And sometimes when we're in it, all we can think about is getting out of it, and we tend to waste the waiting. We could make the most of it, but instead we try to wish it away. When God has us in a season of waiting, there is so much we could be doing and so much he is working on. Sometimes we miss that, though, because we're so frustrated about the fact that we are having to wait. So, I feel like I should just continue reading this because I'm, like, going to try to say it and she's just going to say it for me. Um, so, yeah, I... I'm waiting. I'm waiting to get married because I want to get married. I want to be graduated and I want to start working on music in a way that I can actually be an artist. Like, I actually want to post or, like, release legit music. Like, that's something I really want to do. But I'm at the point where I'm still trying to learn how to do that. So I need to work on it. I need to work hard. And, like, uh... A journey of a million miles, or however many miles it is, a thousand miles, I don't know, starts with the first step, right? And I know, I know, no, no, that I am not at the first step anymore. I'm definitely somewhere at least at the fifth step, <laughs> because I, I've already been in school for like 12 years, so I'm, I'm pretty much there, right? And then I've been getting familiar with music for 10 or more years, like over 10 years. That's a lot of years, right? And so I just got to keep going and just keep trying, keep working at it. Um, so yeah. Um, so she says, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on the waiting. In fact, I want to tell you how not to waste the waits and how to get through waiting seasons and come out better than you were when you went into them. In the coffee shop that day, this guy and I began to talk about what we can do to keep from wasting the waiting season and not to feel like we are just hanging our heads and dragging our feet as we move through it. Since that conversation, I've even studied waiting seasons in the Bible and learned some great lessons I want to share from Chronicles of Second Chronicles 7. So, you may remember Solomon when he had when we had uh, when he had a chance to ask God for anything, he asked only for wisdom, and he got it. Take a second here, just for fun. Think about if you were granted, like, that, like, one thing you can ask um, God for, and he will grant it, basically. What would you ask for? Like, would you ask for yourself, like, a million dollars? Or would you ask... If I was... When I was younger and kind of annoying, I would say, I would ask for three more wishes. <laughs> and then I would ask for this and this and three more wishes. Because <laughs> that's just the way we are, right? We always want more, 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 more. So just take a second. like, Just think about what would you want? What would you wish for? Of all the things in the world, like, I've come a long way. <laughs> and at this point, I'll just share what I I would wish for with you, and I've already been wishing it for a very long time. And no, it is not an in-home studio, despite as much as I complain about how I can never find anywhere to record. I found a place. It's so quiet here. It's kind of nice. Anyway, I would actually ask that my friend would receive Jesus as his savior. Like, that is really what tops them all for me right now, like... 
that's what I would ask for. And it's it's kind of hard because God won't just grant that. Usually he won't force my friend to like get saved. But he can like open up his heart, can't he? Like in Lydia, remember Lydia, she got saved because God opened her eyes to what like that fact that she needed him and he he opened her heart to see that. And then he provided someone to tell her and she got saved and she began ministry and stuff. Like I can't he do that for my friend too? Can can he do that? Anyway, so that's that's my wish. All right. Um by the time we get to chapter 7, Solomon had become king of Israel. One of Solomon's purposes was to build a temple for the Lord. Even though we think even though we think of Solomon as this wise king, his dad David called Solomon young and inexperienced when he appointed him for the task. For the first 6 chapters of 2nd Chronicles, we read about Solomon and the people's process of building. Let's just say this, just because you're waiting doesn't mean you won't be working. That's I already talked about that. You got to be working. You got to be changing yourself to become the spouse that you want your spouse to be. You got to be changing yourself in order to maybe like, like, let's say you want to travel the world. You should probably, while you're waiting for it, like get the paperwork done that you need in order to like get your passport or like get, save up money so that you can afford like a hotel later in Europe or wherever. And maybe you should like get in, get a, a, gym subscription or whatever it's called so that you can get in fit get get in fit <laughs> that's how fit i am that i don't even know how to say that you're anyway. uh but get in shape before you start like touring all the like little paths over all the world like you know you know what i'm saying okay a lot of times when you're waiting for a lot of times what you're waiting for will be what you are working toward Clear examples of this would be finishing school, working the entry-level position at your job, and reading books on healthy relationships while you wait on your future spouse. I've actually read several of those. They're really good. I should probably post some of them, but they're all for girls. That's the problem. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, but that that writer has one for the guys, too. Yes. Okay. So, the first one, I'm just going to throw this in there because whatever. This is my podcast, and I can do what I want with it. I'm just kidding. It's actually God's podcast, but it's mine too. Oh my goodness, I only have five more minutes. How am I going to fit two chapters? I can talk fast. Okay. The fr- So if you're a girl and you would like a good, healthy book on how to learn to become a... Or just get ready for being a future spouse. The book you should read is Becoming... How to Become His Help Meet by Debbie Pearl. Becoming his help me. Something like that. If you search that, you'll find it. And for the guys, it, I think it's looking for a help me or waiting for a help me, something like that. But basically, if you're, if you want that book, just look up Michael and Debbie Pearl and it should pop up somewhere there. Like you should look men's stuff, whatever. There you go. I'm, I'm a lot of help. Okay. Okay. So, after Solomon worked for seven years to complete the temple. Now, just stop right there. Seven years. Seven years ago, I was ten years old. Seven years is kind of a long time. 
After Solomon worked for seven years to complete the temple, we get to read the specifics of his prayer to God. Solomon knew that this temple he had built for the Lord really did not mean much if the Lord himself did not show up. After seven years, he was waiting on the Lord's presence, praying for the Lord to hear his prayer. So, he built the temple for seven years. He waited and worked. He didn't just sit on his special throne. But I don't know if he was actually out there with like a hammer and nails or anything. But anyway, we're going to guess that, yes, he was doing something for those seven years, not just bossing people around. Um, so seven years he waited and worked. And in the seventh year or eighth year, whatever, when, when the temple was done, he finally prayed that the Lord would come and enter, that the Lord's spirit would enter of the presence. God's presence would enter the temple. Um. So it says, right after Solomon finished praying, God's presence filled the temple. Let's look at what happens next. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down in the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats. And so the king and all the people dedicated the temple of God. The priests took their assigned positions, and so did the Levites who were singing. His faithful love endures forever. They accompanied the singing with music from the instruments King David had made from the praising of the Lord. Across from the Levites, the priests blew the trumpets while all Israel stood. For the next seven days, Solomon and Israel celebrate the festival of shelters. So they rejoiced. So later she says, oh, she says, the spirit showed up. You might be thinking, so why is this a message on waiting when Solomon did not have to wait very long? God's spirit showed up after Solomon's prayer, and that makes it seem like Solomon didn't wait long. But let me remind you of the seven years he worked. Solomon's commitment to building the temple, he worked hard on it. When he finished, he prayed passionately with his, passionately with his people for the temple, asking God repeatedly to hear him. He worked, he prayed, the spirit showed up, he rejoiced. Then they had a full-on celebration for seven days, as I would have too. So they had a party. Um. Anyway, so basically, you gotta work. You gotta work in those... Don't waste the waiting, you guys. Work hard. Work hard maybe just learning something new, building character, building up maybe physical strength for whatever's going to come next. Like, stay in the Word. Grow closer to God. Like, use that time. Don't waste that time. Especially, 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 do not waste your youth. Do not waste your youth. I know... I don't know. Like, there's so many kids I guess that think for now I'm young let me do what I want and then later in life I'll start reading the bible I'll start caring about what God has to say maybe you have a relationship with him like all the older people are doing that right then I'll submit myself to him later later I'm young just let me do what I want to or they maybe they don't even think about it they're just like yeah God yeah and they hang out with friends and don't really listen to what the pastor says. But 
And no, I'm not calling anyone out. <laughs> my friends sometimes ask me if I call them out during my podcast sessions, which I actually do. It's fun. <laughs> but no, I'm not calling anyone out. I'm just saying that there are many kids that just don't realize that our youth is so, so, so valuable. Adults will tell you that. When I was a cashier and people were buying alcohol, I'm a minor, so I couldn't I couldn't check them check their alcohol but um so I would be like and by the way I'm a minor I can't check this for you so we're gonna I'm just gonna put this aside and I'm gonna call somebody for you for that and they're like oh okay and then they would just like kind of laugh about it a little bit and then be like yeah don't don't hurry it don't hurry to get older like don't waste it like enjoy the time like so many people just like embrace the time like don't hurry like so many adults just told me that because probably because they wasted their youth or they just miss it they just miss the freedom of being young maybe just being innocent of all the stuff going on in the world or maybe not innocent just carefree of it just thinking that there's a bright future ahead of us like our youth is so valuable it's probably one of the most valuable things in the world because you can't get it back. It's not something you can buy. It's not something that the richest, most famous, most beautiful person in the entire world could have. And so many people are just wasting their youth with drugs, alcohol, bad influences, bad friends, bad relationships, toxic things that just lead you, they get you started on a very bumpy, you get a very bumpy start, like a rough start. Whereas it could be the head start to your race in life. And a lot of times when I talk about spiritual things with people, they, they get, they're surprised. A lot of people will be like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think that way. I didn't have that mindset till I was like 20 or like, I didn't, there's people right now, like young people who are 20 or older that don't think about it even now. Like, because I don't know why, I guess because it's so valuable. The work we can do in our youth, especially in these, these waiting seasons while we're waiting to like grow up, have a family a job like we are kind of free right now because we don't have to pay for our own bills yet or maybe you do I don't know but like we don't need to care about groceries yet maybe like we don't have to raise a child yet maybe like we're freer that way that we can put more time and energy into maybe ministering to people or just doing a podcast like another thing is that people like to hear what young people have to say for some reason, young people's voices stand out. They stand out. They just do. If you look at our, like, I guess just our, like, pop culture right now, like, people, young people are rising up all the time because that's, those are the voices that want to be heard. And, like, yeah. Don't waste your youth. Use it. You don't realize how valuable 
these years, these teenage years, these years, they're going to be gone sooner than you think. And I know I sound like a wise old owl. <laughs> I'm only 17. But I know it because so many people have told me. And I've I've read it in books. I've heard about it. I know it. I know it's going to be gone. And so don't waste it just chasing after material things that will burn. Instead, chase things that will last for eternity. And of course... I did not get to chapter 2. But here's the last thing I want to say. <sighs> okay. Is the Spirit of God being in you enough it, reason to rejoice even if God is not directly responding to you? In The Apostle Paul had something to say about that in Philippians 4.4. 4, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. He says we are to be joyful always, not just when we are happy. And happy and joyful are different, you guys. They're different. Okay. Um, we're just supposed to celebrate God all day, every day. Not just on the days that go well for you, but even when things are hard, even when you're worried, even when you're waiting. Celebrate God all day. And I know that seems impossible. I'm not really sure how to do that either. But let's just work towards it and ask him to help us do it, yeah? So. God is good. And he, if we ask him to, he will only give us what is the very best. I have a verse for you today because since I started reading Sadie's book, I haven't really been doing much actually out of the Bible and I kind of don't like that. I really want to be in the Bible. So here's a verse for you today. Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And with that, I do believe I'm going to end it. Even though there was something else I wanted to say as well, but I forgot. <laughs> so. Use this time. If it's a waiting season. If it's not a waiting season, just use this time to grow closer to him. Grow in yourself. Like, change, become more like Him. Use it to serve others and serve Him in ministry, whatever. Just use this time. Don't waste it. It is valuable, valuable time. Oh, I was going to say that a lot of people waste their youth because of how much impact they could do. Like, I think the devil distracts us because we're not quite strong yet in what we believe. We're still kind of wishy-washy and if we are strong in what we believe we can make a big impact on the people around us because we're different we're different than other teens or young people whatever so don't let the devil take away or make or help you waste your youth instead focus on the lord and what he wants and him guiding you leading you and I think things will work themselves out and you can make a big impact on the people around you. And, and like, for me, just one more thing. Just one more thing. For me, like, this podcast doesn't have that many listeners. And I'm okay with that because there's this, this other quote that says that one person that you might disciple might end up 
converting like a hundred or a bunch of people like I don't know how the how it goes but basically like there could just be one of you that I'm impacting or the Lord's working through me to you and you could end up later in life impacting millions of people so maybe I won't impact millions of people but maybe I will impact you and you will impact millions so I don't think I'm losing anything <laughs> so yeah all right you guys I think that's everything I hope you enjoyed the the car podcast thingy because the audio I, I feel like is gonna be fantastic and I hope you just enjoy the session in general um okay yeah that's everything for today I hope you enjoyed it I already said that I'm bad at podcasting <laughs> Oh, it's hot in here. I'm going to go eat ice cream or something. No, I'm on a diet. I can't eat ice cream. All right. I'm just going to be like, okay, bye. See you next week at 12 p.m. Bye.